the thing that really ended up making a huge difference for me was adding this type of viral giveaway or viral contest to it. And basically the, the big picture idea is everybody who enters, every, every lead you get is now incentivized to bring you more leads. And so now if I can pay, you know, I don't know, a dollar to get somebody to opt in to, to my thing, instead of them just getting that lead magnet and a certain percentage buying, now it's, they're going to opt in. And for every one person who opts in, it's actually going to count as two people because some people are going to refer 10 people into this contest. The internet has made it easier than ever to start a business. Succeeding on the internet, now that's another story. The big question is, what are those who are succeeding doing differently? This podcast has the answers. Hi, my name is Lisanne Murphy. I've spent the last three years running a successful advertising agency. I noticed with certain clients, I ran into the same problem over and over again. Their offering was just not grabbing the prospect's heart and wrestling them into purchasing submission. Why? Many of these business owners were so far down the road in their journey and so in love with their product, they forgot who they were serving, missing some essential steps along the way. So I'm pivoting focus. Join me as I go behind the scenes with the most brilliant entrepreneur minds to demystify the nitty gritty marketing hacks needed to be successful before spending thousands on advertising that ultimately separate the internet legends from the dreamers. In our previous episode, the Biz Bros absolutely rocked the house, sharing with us how to use content to increase your impact. If you missed it, be sure to go back and listen. Guys, this week, Gabe Schillinger of Legion Beats and Midi Money and Contest Launch Secrets is imparting his knowledge about using giveaways to make your launch a success. Listen in for some awesome insight. Welcome to the Marketing Matrix Podcast. I'm your host, Lisanne Murphy, and today I am joined by none other, a very, very dear friend of mine, an epic, epic man in the business who's changing every industry that he touches, Mr. Gabe Schillinger. Gabe, thank you so much for coming on the show with us today. Oh my God. Well, it's, it's my pleasure. You already know I'm such a huge fan of you and any chance I get to hang out with you and chat, Hey, we can record it. That's fine. I'm just, I'm, I'm all in. So thank you for, uh, thank you for having me on. Oh, we are seriously so excited guys. Gabe and I, uh, I've been, I've been following Gabe for a while now and we had the opportunity to become closer friends after he spoke at Funnel Hacking Live this past year. I had the opportunity earlier in the year to work in one of his businesses with ads. We just had a blast. This guy, Guys, he's the real deal. He is, he's the most authentic guy and he is smart. So we, I mean, oh guys, you are in for a super treat. So I'm going to take a second to like, to tout his accolades, but then I'm going to let him take it because hearing it from the man himself and everything that he has going on. I mean, it, it is seriously impressive just how Gabe has uh, latched onto this online marketing world and just exploded it in the worlds that he's involved with. So Without further ado, let me tell you a little bit about this incredible man. So Gabe has been a music producer and engineer for over 20 years. He's worked with Kendrick Lamar, Snoop, and even more. But what he found is that he was still broke. So he started building a music production business online. And moral of the story, now he's not broke. <laughs> but it's crazy. I mean, when I was working in his business, guys, I mean, he's selling 
um, beets and hooks, which I didn't even know what those were when I started working with him, but he sells beets to rappers and he teaches rappers how to sell them themselves and essentially be on the same track that, that Gabe has been on. So he had he has a two comma club award, which if you're in Russell Brunson's community, you know what that is. If you're not in Russell Brunson's community, it is that you have generated over a million dollars in uh, what we call funnels. And it was all essentially selling beats to rappers. And then he got into the teaching aspect. It really has been amazing. Now he's branching out into teaching entrepreneurs how he did it because he didn't just do it in a standard way. He brought together a number of softwares to bring together a magical combo that just exploded his business. So he's got Legion Beats, MIDI Money, Contest Launch Secrets, and he's also just an amazing guy with an amazing family. I've had an opportunity to talk to some people that work with his dad and everything. I'm just super stoked. So again, guys, give yourself wherever you are, the kitchen, the car, the, the living room, wherever you're listening to this, give Gabe a hand and a round of applause in your living room and let's get started. So Gabe, again, welcome to the show. Wow, what an intro. <laughs> that was awesome. Thank you. All right. So Gabe, for those that aren't as familiar with your journey, g- give us your version of it. I mean, I gave I gave like the high level, the the without the pain points. Like tell us, tell us your your version of your story. Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, just like you said, my background is in music. So I'm a music producer and engineer, um, mainly in hip hop. So basically what that means for me is I make the the music that a rapper or singer is going to rap or sing on or in the business we call them beats um, or instrumentals. And so essentially I make and sell beats. And I did this sort of the uh, traditional route for like the first 10 plus years of my career, trying to trying to basically play the music industry game, which essentially means trying to be an employee of the record labels, trying to sell my music to those record labels, trying to get a check from the record labels um, and just being the technician, just being the artist. And that was all I had any interest in. And that was all I really kind of knew. And I started to realize, you know, 10 plus years in like, hey, I'm, I'm not getting any younger. Um, I am, you know, I, I was still living at my dad's house. I, I just started to realize like the thing that I love to do music is probably not going to really pay the bills. It's time for me to, you know, I always make music for fun, but it's time for me to look at what's another real career that I can focus on. And um, so I was ready to give up, you know, and that's unfortunately what happens to so many music producers, musicians, creative people. Um, And luckily something sort of told me like, all right, let me try one last thing. Let me see if I can take this online. Let me see if I can sell some beats online. And so I made that shift or at least that attempt. And, um, you know, at first that definitely did not work either. There's so many producers all doing the exact same thing. And I kind of looked at what they were doing. And so I figured, well, I guess this is the way to go. And they're all basically, you know, trying to get some kind of following on social media, usually on YouTube, and then send their customers to like a, a old school kind of beat store website. You kind of picture like iTunes, you sort of pick the, the beat you want. And so that's what I tried and, you know, didn't get too many sales. And um, luckily eventually came across uh, Anno Domini, who's now a good friend of mine. And he's another music producer who sells beats online. And I remember I saw something that he had posted and I clicked the link and it was like completely different. There was a video of him telling his story. He was really connecting with his audience. He had put together an actual offer with different products and services as opposed to just the same beat lease, the same sort of commodity that everybody else was selling. He was using, you know, order form bumps and upsells and all these things I had just never seen. I didn't even know what I, what I was looking at, um, but I was really interested and 
Um, eventually figured out, oh, he's using this platform called ClickFunnels. And from there, found out about the CEO of ClickFunnels, Russell Brunson, and started reading his books. And it just opened up my eyes to this whole other world of marketing, entrepreneurship, business that I just never... I never really knew about and I never was interested in. I was I was just the dude in the studio. Like I didn't I didn't want to do any of that stuff. But when I started to learn the 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 fun way to do it, when I started to learn um, some things that were actually effective, like I started to see that my music was getting in front of more people. I was actually making some money and I was really having fun doing it. It was like instead of only being creative in this one space of only my music, putting all that energy and focus and creativity and everything into music was like, oh, I can actually put that into my marketing too. And that's really fun. And then combining those two things, that marketing and the music, that's when all of a sudden things really took off and we were able to do, you know, we did the first six figure launch in our, in our industry, in our niche. Now we've done several since then. In fact, I just had a student do a six figure launch a few weeks ago, which was, which is like such an amazing milestone. Uh, and like you said, you know, we were able to hit a two comma club award. And um, so that was, that was that path. And then, and then shifted or, or added on also teaching other producers about that. So started a second business um, teaching that, which we have actually hit the seven figure mark. I got to apply for my, um, so I can get another, another two comma club award on the wall. Uh, but that's been fun. And, and it was really started by doing it myself first and making sure that I know how to do it and then, and then teaching it and now expanding out into uh, like you mentioned, uh, teaching entrepreneurs and marketers outside of just music about some of the stuff I've been able to do, um, specifically using like viral giveaways and contests, which I'm sure we can get deeper into, but it was one of the main ways that I was able to actually be successful in this niche where most people struggle to make any money at all, let alone, you know, six or seven figures. That's unbelievable. And I really love how you touched on that you, that you created a blend between music and marketing and you applied what you learned from music to your marketing because one of my questions was going to be like do you miss it like because you're probably not producing beats at the same level and rate that you did but maybe you are like you're creating like maybe funnels are like creating a beat for you I don't know like like do you miss it or is have you just found this new love or, or how, how does that work with your with your yeah, lifestyle it's a, it's a good question it's a little bit of all the above I definitely you know my day today compared to you know, six or seven years ago is very different um, as far as, you know, where I'd be focusing way more on just music and just the creative part of things before. And now it is a lot more of, you know, working on the business, you know, working out whether that strategy or actually implementing or delegating or, you know, uh, talking to cool people like you or, you know, whatever it is, that is most of my day now. And, you know, I, I love being in the studio. I love doing that stuff. I love making music. And, um, you know, I, I know that I can make more time to do it, but it's a choice. It really is up to me. I, I can do that more. I, I, at this point, I could afford to do it. And it's not the best return on investment money-wise on my time. Um, but the other thing too, is like you said, I have kind of found this new passion. It's a little bit more new. You know, I've been doing music for 20 years. I've really only been deep into the marketing stuff for, I don't know, maybe five or six years, something like that. And uh, it's just, I'm really having a lot of fun doing it. So I, I could imagine at some point it all kind of comes full circle and I'll be like, you know what? I just want to really focus on music for a couple of years or something. I, I could see that. But right now I'm, I'm more than happy to, uh, to do the, the more marketing and business side of things. I love that. So, and, and tell me about, I mean, I'm sure your name in the industry has gotten out there in terms of, of how you're changing because you're bringing all these rappers in in droves and teaching them these, these methodologies. Has the industry been accepting of what, of what you're doing or, 
are they kind of like, who is this guy changing everything up and like not selling out to, to the record labels anymore? Like he's ruining everything. Like how has the industry reacted to, to what you've done? Oh man, it's uh it's mixed. It's pretty much uh, both, both ends of the spectrum from, you know, the best thing about having the second type of business I have of, of teaching other producers about what I'm doing is when I get those messages of people saying, Hey, um, that mindset shift, the one I was talking about for myself, you know, you've done that for me. I always, I used to hate business and marketing and I, I never cared about it. And I, I never, you know, I wasn't sure if I'd ever be able to make it blah, blah, blah. And now, and now you've kind of shown me this new way, um, or, or I was able to hit this accomplishment or I was able to, you know, do whatever I feel good about what I'm doing. You know, I love that. That's like, that's, that's the stuff that keeps it going. Um, and then I get a lot on the other side too of, hey, this person is ruining the music industry. This person is, you know, taking food out of the mouths of every other musician because of, you know, it's got to, in their mind, it's got to be structured this way. And if you threaten that, you're threatening everybody's, you know, livelihood. Um, you know, everything from just being extremely skeptical about anybody who says, hey, I'm going to teach you how to make money. I, I think in general, people are skeptical of that, but I, in music, it's even more so. And maybe creative people in general, I'm not sure, but for sure, music, uh, you know, and, and my audience specifically, producers, is brutal. I mean, if I run an ad, you know, showing, hey, I'm going to teach you how to make money as a producer, the, the, I feel like the default for my audience is I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cross my arms and I assume this is a scam. Until you, like, prove to me without a shadow of a doubt that this is not a scam, that's, that's my belief. And that, that, there's a lot of that um, and a lot of just negative uh, feelings towards, I think, entrepreneurship and, and money and stuff like that. So I've, bout, I've, I've battled a lot of that and it's, uh, yeah, it's tough. I've, 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 uh, gotten, you know, there's, you can find Reddit threads with hundreds of comments about how I'm, you know, an evil scam artist. And, uh, and then you'll see, you know, replies of, of, you know, people that I've helped. And, uh, it's interesting. It's definitely polarizing. That's really interesting. So do you mind if we dig into that a little bit? Because I, uh, I talk often about how Facebook being an interrupt-based platform, people that see products and offers tend to tend to come in at it at a much low, lower level of awareness level than say Google, where it's intent-based and someone is searching for, you know, like how to make money as a music producer, right? Like you're just gonna get you're getting different levels of awareness. So with coming in at a lower level of awareness, it's gonna be more expensive to acquire those customers because more education is necessary. How have you gotten through that? Because it's such a shift. I mean, it is not normal to think this way in your industry, as you've described. How did you do that successfully with Facebook ads? Because oftentimes when I, when I work with clients um, where there's a higher level of education, Facebook ads will often not work for that very reason that the education required is too much. Yeah, it's, I mean, it's been up and down and, and, you know, now I'm talking about the business where I'm, where I'm teaching producers. So this is more of like an expert type business and information type business. Um, and it's, it's definitely been tough, you know, and, and part of that was, I think a lot of that, that negative, uh, I don't know, feedback, whatever, um, was because we, we really scaled up, you know, there was a few months there towards the early part of 2020 where we really scaled up. I think we got up to close to $200,000 in a month on, on ad spend, which is, which is nuts. And that was, that was mostly Facebook, but also uh, Google. And we did a little bit of like Taboola and a couple of random ones, but it, it was a lot of Facebook. 
And, um, you know, at first it was working actually really well and it was profitable. And, and I think the way that we were able to do that is because partly because what we were, the way that we we're selling was through a webinar. And so as long as they got on that webinar and watched it, and it was a long one, like I was doing them live every week. We did them literally every week, except for one week during Funnel Hacking Live actually was the one that we missed uh, for an entire year of, of doing it live every, every single week. And um, so when they got on that, for the most part, then then they heard my story. They saw the value I could bring. They they were educated there, and then and that's how we were able to make that sale. Um, whereas I think it would be a lot tougher to go straight to you know some kind of sales page or something, unless it's a much lower uh, lower ticket offer. Um, so that's how we were able to make it work. But then it stopped working. Honestly, it stopped working when we were really scaling up. It was it was really bad. It was a combination of you know that that negative feedback and it stopped being profitable. And another thing, uh, a lesson that I learned was that you know at a a lower amount, I can things are different. So like um, when it, you know when we were doing I don't know maybe ten twenty thousand dollars a month. To me, if I spent you know. 10,000 bucks on Facebook ads and the return on that ad spend was 10,000 bucks. Then I'm like, all right, you know what? We broke even. I'm going to, you know, create more offers and the lifetime value of this customer. I'm ultimately going to be profitable. I've grown my list and uh, I'll be able to convert some of those guys into sales. And you know, that that's going to be fine. Um, and what ended up happening was we started to scale up and scale up and that, that return on ad spend got lower and lower. And eventually it was like, you know, we had a, a huge month where I think we did like a quarter million dollars in revenue, but we spent like $200,000 uh, ad spend. And normally I'd be like, all right, that's fine. You know, it's not ideal, but it's cool. Now we have this big list and blah, blah, blah. But I didn't really take into account at that scale, the merchant fees were like 20 something thousand dollars. The refunds were like 20 or $30,000. The added cost of customer service, there's all these things that scale that all of a sudden there's these way bigger expenses that I hadn't really taken into account. And we ended up, you know, losing money on some of those months and had to, you know, and, and so now I was faced with this, like, man, like now we're losing money. You know, people are calling me a scam artist. Like, you know, we really have to change something. So we ended up scaling back a bit and changing some of the messaging and, 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 you know, now it's, it's a little bit smoother, but it, it was, uh, it was some real growing pains there. It was, it was rough. That's fascinating. Yeah. I, I really appreciate you like being transparent and speaking into that because I, I'm, I'm in the process right now of scaling my own business and the, and the problems at scale are just different, but they're also magnified. Like yeah. what, what used to be just be like, eh, we'll work through it. Or like, I'll just spend a few minutes on the weekend fixing it. You know, it, a few minutes doesn't cut it anymore. It's like hours and hours. And you're just like, oh my goodness, like what have I done? And, and scaling is a, it's a beast. It's scary. And not to mention the stakes are so much higher. I mean, we were doing, you know, we do these live webinars. And so we'd be spending, I don't know, whatever it was, you know, maybe 30, 40, $50,000 to get people to show up to this live event on, you know, we're doing them Thursday nights. And it's like, okay, if Zoom breaks, if I can't, if I'm sick, if, something happens, then we basically just lost $40,000. Like, that's crazy. Like the stakes are so high. And then I'm getting on this live thing, like, you know, and, and there's something exciting about it, but it's like, it's, it takes an emotional toll. Like it's, it's stressful. It's, it's fun to a certain extent, but it's also like, man, the stakes are so high and it's just, it's just going right into the fast lane. And so when it was working, it was really fun. And then when it stopped working, it was, it was not so fun. <laughs> not as fun. Yeah. Well, I think it's also really interesting. I mean, like you're throwing around numbers that I think most people dream about, you know, in terms of being able to spend on ads. I think when you also get into ads, you, you kind of almost become desensitized to that number, you know, 
that like 40 grand was like, eh, like it's 40 grand as long as I'm making 60 or even 50, you know, like just like their mindset shifts. Whereas like a lot of people just to even think of spending what you're like, uh, before I became an entrepreneur, that was my annual salary. You know, like it just, yeah. the numbers <laughs> get weird in your mind. It, 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 yeah, it sort of becomes like monopoly money. And I, it's not like this is, I mean, now it's sort of normal for me, but yeah, just a year ago, that would have been insane to be like, what? We spent $40,000 this week. And, and you're telling me, so if I close, you know, however many people, if we do, you know, $35,000 in sales on Thursday night, then I'm supposed to not be happy about that. Like, Jesus, we just collected $35,000 in a night. And it's like, yeah, well, we better get them on the follow-up, you know? Uh, it, it is a different thing. I think there's good things about it where it's like, it allows you to kind of see, wow, like different whole, you know, different levels of things are possible. And it's important to kind of keep that grip on reality because very quickly you could be like, oh, wow, we did lose 30 or $40,000 or whatever. And that, that, that is real money. That's not, it's not uh it's not pretend money. Yeah. It's not pretend money. <laughs> yeah. So, um, so what, how did it change? So I know you said like you scaled back and made some changes. Like what were some of the changes that you made? And and I'm thinking of like in terms of, for example, when I work with my e-com brands, you can't just look at return on ad spend as like as long as I'm making a one, we're breaking even. Like with return on ad spend, because there's cost of goods and there's processing fees and there's shipping costs and there's packaging costs, you have to wrap all of that into your return on ad spend so that you, and you need to know that like my break even is actually like a 1.5 or a 2.3. And unless I'm making that, I know that I am losing money. Like, did you have to make some shifts like that? Or were there other things that, that you did um, as you were looking hard at, at your advertising costs? Yeah, no, that, that was a big one uh, was just getting better data. And so I ended up uh, you know, hiring a new CPA and bookkeeper. And so that way, so I knew my numbers better before that I was kind of uh, doing a lot of it on my own. Like I had all these spreadsheets all over the place and um, I just wasn't, it, I didn't really know those numbers as, as well as I should have. And so it, it snuck up on me. Whereas now that I've got that in place where I've got a bookkeeper who's, who's really staying on top of things and categorizing things as they come in and we're looking at the profit and loss um, fairly often, at least once a month, then it makes it so that it's harder for those things to happen, the, the negative parts of it to happen. Cause I can look at it. Oh, wow. We are, we are actually losing money here. Um, so that was a big part is just having good data and, and knowing like, okay, yeah, we do need a, you know, 1.5, 1.7, whatever that is return on ad spend just to quote unquote break even um, and, and knowing those numbers a little bit better. And then the other part for me was actually the messaging, um, changing that messaging a little bit. And I think that that again is something that's very much for musicians, for creative people, for music producers is that there's a very, um, there's a lot of skepticism about anything that feels like marketing, that feels like sales, that, um, you know, there, there's sort of a little bit of this, like almost anti-guru movement, you know, and there's like, I don't know if you've heard of like Coffeezilla is like this YouTube channel that mm -hmm. they do these, like these videos where it's like, they're, they're showing how evil all these gurus are. And it's, it's interesting because there's for sure, there's people who are shady and manipulative or whatever. But really the way that they do it is they just show the process, but the way they show it makes it seem so evil. Like for example, they'll be like, so, so first he's going to tell his story and he's going to make it, you know, he's going to have you relate to him and connect him, but then he's going to show you that he found the solution. And now he's got, you know, and it's like, some of that is like literally just like, yeah, that's how you communicate. That's how you, you know what I mean? 
Um, and then some of it is like, oh, and then they'll tell you this deadline is there, but it's not real or, or whatever. So, so I get it. Like there is some stuff where we're using psychology, we're using these different tactics to ultimately get somebody to take an action that I truly believe will help them. Um, but there's a lot of uh, negative reaction to that. And then people see that stuff. And it's sort of almost like this conspiracy theory, like, oh, I heard about this. He is telling his story. Like, oh, this is one of those scams. You know, And there's a lot of that. Uh, especially in, in my industry. So it's like changing some of that messaging and almost being anti that a little bit while still trying to incorporate some of that psychology at the same time, if that makes sense of like almost calling it out um, so that it's sort of knocking down that objection, but still trying to use that. And I'm still getting, still trying to tread that line of, of how can I use those strategies? How can I help get somebody over the line to actually take the action so that I can help them and also not fire off all these alarms to them of like, oh, I've seen this scam before. Um, so that's that's the process that I'm still in, honestly. But but that that was the other part of it was the message. Yeah, that's fascinating. And I think I think it's powerful. And what's what's also really cool about that approach is because Facebook is a pattern interrupt platform, anytime you do something different, it is literally interrupting like one of the things that i noticed with facebook ads is like someone will try something different and it starts working and then all the other advertisers will follow and then it's not an interrupt anymore so like they have to think of something else um i don't know if you follow sam ovens or get his ads frequently but something that he's doing right now is he <laughs> he has like a bright orange or pink square for the image and it says this is an ad and then his copy is like you're getting this ad because you have liked me or someone that I'm associated with. And so, boom, I'm in your newsfeed. But that also probably means that you want to listen to what I have to say. Like he's just calling it what it is and exactly what Facebook is doing. And it, the ad's doing incredibly, incredibly well, but it's not following like the typical, uh, you know, this is the formula for a good ad. You know, it's like calling out exactly like how we get grab people's attention, you know? Yeah, no, that's really cool. I think that that's the type of stuff I need to be doing more of and maybe where things are going to start going in general as people do get more sensitive to this stuff and it all kind of also gets lumped in with like, um, did you see that movie, The Social Dilemma on Netflix? Oh, a lot of people yes. are talking about it. Yes, it's, it's, a, it's crazy. It helped me think so much about what is happening in advertising. Right. Yeah. And that, that was kind of my perspective of when I'm looking at it is kind of from like a marketer's perspective, um, which is like, yes, like, of course, these platforms are addictive and whatever, like, to me, that's not news. Um, but, um, but the way that they portray the way that data is used is, is so negative, right? And, and for sure, there are negative aspects of it, like, of course, but even when they talk about the advertising, they're like, did you know that you are actually the, what do they say? You're the product. Like you're the commodity. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, yeah, same thing on TV and newspapers. Like it's, it's driven by ads. It's just, they have better targeting. Like, you know, so, but, but that is the perception of people is like, oh, this is evil. Like somebody like Sam Ovens uh, is only showing this to me because he's spying on me and he knows that I'm whatever. So, so I think maybe that is where things are going to go more of is calling that out because people are instantly thinking that and are on the defensive, like, oh, I heard about this. This is evil. Um, and so maybe that is, I don't know where, where things are going to go a little bit more with the messaging on, on ads certainly is for me. Yes, yes. No, it's really interesting. I, as an organic post to just try to gather data on my personal profile about two weeks ago, I posted this question and I, it was, uh, 
what is what is the number one most frustrating thing about Facebook ads was essentially like the, the tone of it. <laughs> and in my mind, being a Facebook advertiser, I'm expecting, you know, all my business friends to get on and say like, oh, the ad, the editor is just so confusing. I don't know, like what to push and what to toggle or like, I never know what to write in an ad or my ads keep getting rejected. You know, that was what I was expecting. But what was crazy is all of my non-business friends got on there and they were like, I hate all ads. It's all false advertising. Like they shouldn't exist, you know? And I was like, I was literally surprised because I just, I live in the marketer's lane you know, and just asking that question, like it triggered the consumer, you know? And, and right. so they were just brain dumping all. And I almost took the question down. Cause I was just like, okay, this is not, this is not what I was going for. Cause I was trying to do a little bit of market research, but it kind of was like in an, in an unexpected way, a market research of the consumers that do see our ads, you know, and our attempts to, to gain their attention. Uh, so it was, it was just kind of, kind of an interesting experience where I've, I've seen, seen very, very similar things. So, um, let's, I want to take a step back for a second and and go back into your journey and talk about how you found the puzzle pieces that work the best, that that worked the best to help you tip the edge and just like start to have crazy success in terms of like, cause I know you use Wilco de Cray's up viral and and it's how contest launch secrets came about because I work with tons of entrepreneurs where they finally found a way to get the ads to work, but the combination of their funnel and their messaging and how the offers presented, it's just not clicking yet. And so I'd love for you to like go into like, how did you find that as the winning combination for your offer and your audience? Yeah. So for me, it was starting out in in my business legion beats of, of selling beats to rappers and i've got this problem where i've got a low ticket item you know usually i'm selling something for like 17 bucks you know less than 50 dollars, and it's to an audience that also doesn't have a lot of money to spend and so the lifetime value of that customer is going to be a lot less than most businesses most of the businesses that i'm competing for that space in that for that facebook ad or, or just most businesses in general and so I realized like, okay, maybe I can get a lead for whatever the, maybe a dollar, I don't know, whatever the price is. And that sounds good, except for, you know, when I do the math on it, I'm still going to lose out. I'm not going to, that's not going to be profitable for me be, just because of my business. And I'm going to do everything I can to make a profitable. I'm going to make a funnel that converts and has good messaging and has a order form bump and an OTO, you know, everything that I can, but even still, you know, I, I there's still that disadvantage. And so, um, the thing that really ended up making a huge difference for me was adding this type of viral giveaway or viral contest to it. And basically the, the big picture idea is everybody who enters, every, every lead you get is now incentivized to bring you more leads. And so now if I can pay, you know, I don't know, a dollar to get somebody to opt in to, to my thing, instead of them just getting that lead magnet and a certain percentage buying, now it's, they're going to opt in. And for every one person who opts in, it's actually going to count as two people because some people are going to refer 10 people into this contest. Some people might not refer any people, but ultimately I'm now able to get more leads and more customers for a lot cheaper than I would have. And I also have all these sort of like ambassadors or evangelists or whatever you want to call it, all these people that have come into my world that are now telling their friends about it too. So that was kind of like the, the big key that really helped. And, and from there, I was able to, to really, you know, 
grow my list to, to, you know, sell my offers and, and really make that business work. I love that so much. So, um, I, I, so, and you, you, so it worked for your Legion Beats and now you've even started teaching entrepreneurs how, how to do the same. Do you want to take a second to talk about what you're helping entrepreneurs do? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, just like you said, it was something that's really our audience. So, I mean, Tell, tell us, tell us where we can find all of that goodness and all that help. Yeah, for sure. So I, um, yeah, so I was, it was working for me, you know, in, in my business, it was how we were able to do that for six, six figure launch. Ultimately, you know, it helped to, um, you know, the, the biggest one we did last year, I'm actually in the middle of one right now, which I think hopefully will end up being bigger, but the biggest one we've done so far, we ended up getting 40,000 leads. And then that led into a launch that did $200,000 in sales in, in a week. I think it was like eight days technically, but we'll call it a week, right? It sounds better. Um, and again, this is an industry where like most people don't make any money. That was the first six figure launch in the whole industry in, in the niche. And it was because we did this type of viral giveaway. Um, and I think that that was one of the reasons why, uh, Russell asked me to speak at Funnel Hacking Live was to, was to share this idea. Um, and, and also really just to show that, you know, this stuff works in, in different niches and industries, but anyways, that's what I spoke about at Funnel Hacking Live. And so it was really exciting to share that strategy and to see the reaction of, of so many of those entrepreneurs and marketers and business owners that were there of like, oh, this is so cool. I want to do this. Um, you know, and some people even saying, oh, I tried a contest before and I like the concept, but you know, it didn't make any money or it attracted the wrong people. And so I kind of gave up on it. Uh, but the way that you're teaching it, the way that you did it, like I can see how this works. I see how you get conversions and how you're attracting the right people and all this kind of stuff. And so based off of that reaction, I was like, oh, I think this is something I need to start doing. So then I ended up creating a course and got help from Bailey Richard, who's amazing. She's like, uh, uh, also spoke at Funnel Hacking Live and she put together the 30 day summit for Russell Brunson and um, she's awesome. And so kind of teamed up with her to create this course, um, which is called Contest Launch Secrets, which is just outlining all the strategies, how, how we were, how, you know, how I was able to do those launches it again in this tough niche where if I can make it work here, you can probably make it work in, in anything. And, and, uh, yeah, I'm happy to share any of those individual strategies, but that's, that's sort of like the big picture concept. I love it. I love it. So, and, and based on your experience as you've worked um, on this, and I know that you've taken a few people through um, your, your program and you're selling it now as well. And people are having success. What have you found is like, is like a good offer or a good business that, that would work with a, with a contest funnel model? Yes. So um, we've now been able to have success with e-com, you know, with people selling physical products, we've had uh, info products, um, podcasts, you know, uh, Jamie Atkinson uh, did, a, did a launch using our sort of strategy and template and all that kind of stuff recently. And he launched a podcast and usually people launch a podcast and you figure, okay, I'm going to spend some money. And over the course of the next, you know, six months, I'll sort of make that back. And ultimately it'll be a good move for my brand. And, and hopefully eventually you have a return on investment. And he actually made $60,000 in revenue launching his podcast using this sort of contest launch strategy, uh, which was awesome. And we did a whole, I, I got to sit down with him and he showed me how he kind of took what we had done and, 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 uh, and done it. So that was super cool. So we've seen it, um, you know, uh, Tyson Durfee, who's like a rodeo, I don't know, he's like a roper, I think, I don't know. He's like really good at being at rodeos. Like really, uh, that sounds, he's really, really good, really talented, great guy, a world champion. And so he teaches other people who are in that industry how to do that. And so we did a contest for him. And so I've seen it work in a lot of different places. Um, and then I think, did you ask about like the prizes and, and how to, yeah. So, yeah. so that, 
that's like one of the biggest things is like, well, what kind of prize, you know, should I give or can I give away? Um, and I can tell you, so what I did last year was we called it the studio takeover. And so the grand prize was, Hey, whoever wins this, we're going to fly you out to California, to my studio. Um, we're going to record mix and master a song for you. We're going to shoot and edit a music video. We're going to come up with a promotion strategy for, for that single and help you get it out there. And so that was something that fit the criteria for how to create a good offer, which is one, something that your audience is going to get really excited about, right? If you're an independent rapper or singer, you're like, oh, that sounds awesome, right? But also something that really is not so exciting to everybody else so that I am qualifying my ideal customer, right? For somebody who's not a rapper or singer, like, I don't know, they that doesn't really sound like great because what are they going to record? They don't, they're not putting out a song. It doesn't even make sense, right? So that, that would be the first thing is like, what is going to help your customer? What's your customer going to be excited about? And also is going to kind of not have everybody be excited, right? You don't want it to be like an iPad or a, you know, just something too broad or too general. Um, and then the other thing too, is um, sometimes I'll, I'll give that example. People are like, oh man, like I have to spend thousands and thousands of dollars and fly somebody out. And it's like, no, you don't have to start there. When I did it the first year that I did it, the grand prize was just a, a, a bundle of digital downloads. You know, it cost me nothing to fulfill on, but it had a lot of value to my customer and that did well. So you don't have to start that big, um, but I would start with something that's really exciting to your customers and, and not to everybody else. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, I was at your webinar the other night and it got my wheels super, super turning, which, which I still owe you a conversation. Cause I I've been wanting to, to see how I can use it in, in my business. Cause I haven't yet seen anyone use contests in advertising ads and, and how to get that out yet. So I think it'd be, it'd be fun to, to do some stuff this year. Yeah, so. I'm running. So I'm doing a contest right now. Actually, we teamed up with Snoop, which is super cool. Um, so if anybody wants to check it out, snoopcontest.com, if you happen to be a rapper or singer, cool. If not, you can just check it out to, if you want to funnel hack it and see what the process is. Um, but it got picked up in, uh, in billboard and a lot of the big hip hop blogs recently. And so it's really been making some waves, which is super cool. Um, but I wanted to mention a couple more things too, as far as just that process, just so people know, cause yeah, I feel like I've been please. kind of like talking about it, but not really explaining it. So, Let's so one of the it. things. So one of the things with contests is that people don't want to share the contest, right? How do you actually get people to share that thing? And so to me, if I think about why does anybody share anything on social media, it's pretty much because they want to either elevate their status or reinforce their identity, right? That's pretty much it. Maybe if you're a business, then you want to, then you want to advertise your, your services, but that's, but otherwise for, for like civilians, for normal humans, um, that's, that's pretty much it. And so if you think about if your grand prize was, let's say that iPad that I mentioned earlier, um, not only is it going to attract the wrong people, but if you think about, okay, I entered this contest and now I'm going to share on my timeline on Facebook or on Instagram or Twitter or wherever, Hey, uh, I entered the con this contest to, uh, to win a free iPad, click here to enter to me, that's going to lower my status. It kind of looks sort of spammy. It looks kind of weird. Like, but if I'm an independent rapper or singer and I post up, Hey, these producers that have worked with these big artists, they want to fly me out to their studio and they're going to put me up in a hotel and they're going to record this song for me and all this kind of stuff. Um, all you got to do, you know, if you, if that sounds something that like something you'd be interested in too, you know, go ahead and hit the link. Now they want to share that because it's doing both those things. It's increasing their status and it's reinforcing their identity as a rapper or a singer. So whoever your audience is, if it reinforces their identity as being a good mom, if it reinforces their identity as being a, you know, a, a rope 
person, I should really find out what he actually, what Tyson Durfee <laughs> does, but whatever that is, like that is part of the thing that's going to help them to actually share that contest. And then another piece that, you know, I mentioned earlier, that's a lot of uh, issue that a lot of people have is, well, I, I did this contest, but I didn't make any money. So one of the big things is that we have people enter the contest and then we immediately give them an offer right away so that we have something there that can liquidate some of those ad costs. If we are running Facebook ads to it, we can hopefully at least break even or even be profitable by, by selling them that, that thing right away. And that sort of combination um, is the thing that, that really makes it uh, take off. That's amazing. That's amazing. So, so when you, when you did your um, launch that, that hit over 200,000, was that 200,000 on the front end offer or no? So that's, that's not including the front end offer. So I think we did, I want to say like six, uh, 16, $17,000 or something just on the, on the contest itself, which I think was like a little above break even, which is great because now we got 40,000 leads for free or even at a slight profit. And then what's cool is when you're doing that contest, you're building all this momentum, you're building all this excitement, people are sharing it. I know for me, because I, I live in this little world on, online, right, of, of my audience, I see everybody, like I feel like I go on Instagram and I scroll through it and it's everybody sharing my contest, which is great, right? So there's all this excitement and noise about it. And then the way that we they do those launches is, we let people know, hey, we're going to be announcing the winners at this time, right? And we make an event out of it. And we say, hey, we're going to be on you know, Facebook Live. Um, here's the date. Here's the time. Make sure you show up. Not only are we going to announce who won, but we're also going to give away more prizes. So if you show up, you know, you have to show up live to get these prizes. You know, and then we get people to show up and, and there's all this excitement and hype. And basically what we do is we leverage that momentum and excitement into that launch. And so the way that we position it is one of the prizes that they were hoping to win, not the grand prize, but one of the, we made it like the part of the top 10 of, of, uh, of people in the contest got this, this bundle, this digital download, just, you know, whatever, some beats. Um, that that had now been positioned as something that people were really excited about that had a lot of value that that they wanted that were excited about and so when we get on that announcement that live announcement we say hey we're going to announce the winners in just a second but man we just want to say thank you like you guys have been incredible the momentum the, the amount of people who have entered has been so cool and so um you know even though we're going to announce the winners right now we really feel like you guys are all winners and we could you know we could stop it here but we really want to figure out how can we how can we keep this going and so what we decided is this prize that was in the top 10 that i know some of you guys were hoping to win it's actually available right now for sale it's only 17 bucks um and if you get it you know right now or in the next you know five days or whatever it's only 17 bucks it's not going to be available after that you know go ahead and grab that and then and now all of a sudden they're like oh my god this thing that they were so excited about buying that they were or, or sorry that about winning that they'd been striving for that had been positioned as this like incredible thing is like oh my god i can get it right now for 17 bucks like of course they're going to go get it. And so that was the momentum. That was kind of the, the choreography of leading into that launch where now we had that, that seven or eight day window. And that's when we did that, that $200,000. Oh, that's, that's so exciting. That's so exciting. I love, I love this method. I'm so excited to see how it just blows up and changes the landscape of this world. Oh man, this is great. We could talk about these things for a long time. We're definitely going to have to have to have you back. Well, we're coming, our time on this interview is unfortunately coming to a close, uh, but Gabe, it has been seriously such a pleasure and a joy having you here. I just have a couple more questions for you and then, uh, and then we're going to, and we're going to wrap up. And my, my next question is you've, I love, first of all, how you're like, you know, five or six years ago, like I didn't, I didn't know Jack about marketing, you know, and now like it's your whole world. And so there's been a lot of transformations that have happened for you. My question is, what has been your greatest internal transformation that has occurred for you as you've been on this 
on this journey and not even just the last few years with marketing, but I mean, you've, you've been at it for decades now. Like what has yeah. been the biggest internal transformation for you? Gosh, I mean, I've had so many that it's honestly, it's hard to say what's the biggest. Um, I'll just start with at least one of them, which is, you know, for me, I'm somebody who has dealt with and, and continues to deal with anxiety and specifically social anxiety. And I get it, I get it pretty bad. Um, but if I think about where I was at, you know, whatever it is, six or seven years ago, where I was, I mentioned, you know, I was living at my dad's house. I wasn't feeling good about where I was with my, my music career. And, 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 you know, I had days where I literally didn't leave my bedroom because the anxiety was so bad. Like, it, like I felt like I physically couldn't leave and it, it's a horrible feeling. Um, and not to say that I, I don't deal with some amount of that cause I still do, but now it's like I got to speak at Funnel Hacking Live. I was on stage in front of 5,000 people speaking. I'm, I'm on this video call with you right now that I know is going to go out to people. I'm doing these things that at that point in my life, you told me that 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 kid essentially who was like on my bed at my dad's house not that long ago, too anxious, like that that was even a possibility. I wouldn't have believed you. Like didn't seem possible. It wasn't on my radar. And now it's like, I get this opportunity to, to teach and inspire people. And it's, it's really hard for me to even believe that I get to do that. And that that is me, but I have made that transformation. And, and um, yeah, not to say that it's all perfect. Cause I, I certainly still deal with it, but that that's been a huge one for me from doing everything I could to avoid a lot of social types of things to now um, seeking out opportunities to actually get in front of people is uh, has been a huge one for me. That's so inspiring. I love it. I remember you told a little bit of your story in that regard at Funnel Hacking Live. And I was just like, stunned like because I've the, the year before I had gone up on that stage because I joined the two comma club coaching program and even just standing there not even speaking and being the only one on stage but even just standing there and looking out at the 5,000 people is overwhelming and so I as you were telling that story I was thinking about my own experience of even just standing up there with a couple hundred and just being like wow wow like, <laughs> yeah pretty, and I'm somebody who's I know it's very, very common. It might be the most common fear is public speaking, right? But I'm, you know, have been and and to, to some extent still still have a fear of it, but like really bad to where like if if that had happened, let's say a year before that, um, I don't I don't think I would have physically been able to speak. Like literally, I would have been too anxious to to speak, you know. But I made the transformation. I I got that call from Russell, and I was like. Uh, there's no way I'm going to say no. And so I, I joined Toastmasters. I joined two Toastmasters. I was going twice a week, any opportunity I could get, you know, a friend of mine had this event and I was like, can I just, can I speak for a few minutes? And it was like a music thing. And it was like, you know, just like, I would never do that. I was terrified. There's no way I would ever go out of my way to do that. But I knew in order for me to take advantage of that opportunity, I had to become a different person. So I just, I just did what it took. And, and, somehow, you know, with a so much practice of just like having that whole speech memorized and memorized and memorized and, and memorized a different way and uh, practicing. And oh, dude, th so the first night that I got there, it was like before anything started, but I was able to kind of walk into while they're still setting something, everything up. And I just, I was on the stage. I was like walking around the stage, you know, while they're still kind of setting it up and like going through my whole speech. So there was a lot of like prep for me to even be able to physically do that. Um, but I knew I had to. And so I, I figured out a way. I love it. I love it. Well, and, and what I, what I hear from that is that like, 
you got the call. I mean, literally from Russell, but like even just an internal call, you know, are you going to step into this? And you answered and you figured it out. And I, oh, I just honor you for that. I honor you for that, like in the highest degree. And you absolutely crushed it. And it was a pleasure, pleasure to be there and to partake in that experience. And I love that I got, honestly, I got to hear a lot of what you talked about twice because because you talked about it on the cruise as well, which mm -hmm. can you believe that was like a year ago? It seems like, seems like another world, <laughs> I know, literally, um, but it has just been seriously so much fun uh, being in your network and being your friends and and seeing just all of the amazing experiences that you're you are experiencing and creating for others and so thank you so much for, for sharing with us today. And, and how, so how can people follow you and find your journey and find out about Contest Launch Secrets? Give us the deets. Yeah, for sure. So if you go to uh, contestlaunchsecrets.com, you can check it out. We've got a, um, I'm not sure if we'll have a live webinar coming up or an auto, either way, you get a chance to check out that training and kind of see um, what that process is. Um, you can check me out on Instagram at Legion Gabe. Um, honestly, a lot of that content is kind of towards musicians on there, but um, but I talk about, honestly, I talk about marketing and business and stuff. It's just through the lens of, of music. Um, and I'm on Facebook. You can find me, Gabe Legion Schillinger. I love it. Okay, well, we're going to put all the links to all that in the episode notes. We'll put it on the post when we post about it. And Gabe, we are just seriously so excited for you and everything you have going on. And I'm seriously so excited for everyone too. Uh, there's so many nuggets here. I mean, th this is not one that you can listen to while you're doing something. I hope that you guys like stopped whatever you're doing, sat down and take some notes because uh, it, you just, you laid down some gold for us today. So thanks so much for everything you've brought today onto the marketing matrix. Oh man, it's my pleasure. And Lisanne, I'm, I just, I love hanging out with you. I think just the, you have a, a level of, of knowledge that is like above and beyond what, what, you know, almost anybody has, but then you have this enthusiasm and this positivity and you, and uh, you're able to communicate that where it's just, it was a pleasure being able to work with you and just being friends with you and chat with you. So, um, so I just appreciate you and, and thanks for uh, letting me hop on here and chat with you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning into the Marketing Matrix podcast. Tune in next time as I chat with Travis Brown, creator of Poddex, as he tells us about using Instagram DMs in his marketing efforts. Have you joined the Facebook group yet? For each episode, we love to continue the conversation with like-minded entrepreneurs. It's called Facebook Ads for Coaches, Course Creators, and Lifestyle Ecom Brands. To join this awesome community of people trying to master the ad game and scale their business, go to www.facebook.com slash groups slash FBAdNinja. Thanks for the listen, guys, and we'll see you next time on The Marketing Matrix.